1: that's audible.com/wonderypod or text wonderypod to
2: 500-500. tonight as we come on the air a stunning new number more than 60,000 Americans in the hospital sick with covid the most ever since the start of the pandemic and it comes as experts warn if we don't act now it will only get worse doctors and icus are overwhelmed patients in some states turned away Others airlifted out of the state in search of a hospital bed, as the CDC says nearly 20,000 more Americans will die by the end of the month. And take a look at these incredibly long lines for COVID testing and the challenges ahead for distributing a vaccine. Plus, what Dr. Fauci said today about when most Americans will start to get the vaccine. Not accepting defeat. President Trump insists he can still win the election. As President-elect Biden says, it's time for him to give up.
3: I just think it's
2: an embarrassment. Upholding Obamacare? The hints tonight from key Supreme Court justices, including Amy Coney Barrett, and what it could mean for tens of millions of Americans. Scathing Vatican report. An internal investigation reveals the late Pope John Paul II knew for decades about sexual abuse allegations against American Cardinal Theodore McCarrick, but still promoted him. Hole in one. The incredible shot tonight at Augusta, skipping across the pond. And we end tonight with the extraordinary story of 21-year-old Chris Nickich, his motto for life that can inspire us all.
1: This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell reporting from the nation's capital.
2: Good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin with breaking news tonight. A new wave of coronavirus cases is now crashing across the country taxing intensive care univer- units and threatening to roll back months of progress in the fight against COVID-19. As we come on the air, more than 60,000 Americans are now hospitalized with the virus, an alarming new high. The death toll is climbing, too. The CDC is now bracing for as many as 20,000 more Americans to die in just the next three weeks alone. The country's top infectious disease expert saying he's hoping Pfizer's new vaccine may help change that. Dr. Anthony Fauci says the new shots could get emergency approval as soon as next week and could be available to most Americans by April. Well, tonight, we'll take you inside the complex plan to make that happen. President Trump took credit for the vaccine's development today on Twitter while continuing to falsely allege the election fraud and without providing proof. President-elect Biden called Mr. Trump's refusal to concede the race an embarrassment, saying Republicans who won't acknowledge his win are intimidated by the president. He says that won't stop him from taking office in January, even though tonight the Trump administration is still refusing to start the transition process. There's a lot of new reporting to get to. We've got our team of correspondents standing by to cover it all. CBS's Janet Shamland is going to lead off our coverage tonight from El Paso. Good evening, Janet.
4: Nora, good evening to you. Coronavirus is out of control in so many parts of the country tonight. Here in El Paso at hospitals like this, they set an all-time record today, not just for hospitalizations, but for the number of people in ICU. Also tonight, there is a new development on the search for a vaccine. Breaking news tonight. The nation's top infectious disease expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci, says he expects the Pfizer vaccine to go through the FDA's emergency authorization process in the next week and a half.
1: By the time we get into December, we'll be able to have doses available for people who are judged to be at the highest priority.
4: The latest COVID hotspot is the entire nation.
3: There's no question that our hospitals are about to be overrun. Do not be at all surprised when we hit 200,000 cases a day.
4: That's Dr. Michael Osterholm, newly named to President-elect Biden's Coronavirus Advisory Board. How bad did it get for you?
1: It felt like a bad flu.
4: Dr. Julio Navoa is an El Paso OBGYN who got the virus and passed it to his wife. It's something scary. It's your life. You know, It could be life or death. In the Chicago area, hours-long waits for testing. More than 100,000 in Illinois tested on Monday alone. Fifteen states have seen coronavirus hospitalizations double in the last month, including New Mexico, where hospitalizations tripled in a month, as Des Moines hospitals are at capacity, even the Children's Hospital. A stark warning in Oklahoma.
5: If our current rate of infection is not curbed, we will run out of beds and of staff.
4: And And dire predictions in Minnesota.
3: The fear is, once you lose control, this line would go off the top of
1: the television screen here.
4: In Idaho, one of the state's largest hospitals had to temporarily send patients away the last two weekends. No room. Amid COVID fatigue, some scenes of defiance, including in El Paso today, where we found this clothing store open despite a lockdown on non-essential businesses. Dr. Navoa says he learned the consequences can be severe. As a dad, as a husband, when you were sick, did you allow yourself to think about how bad it could get? The first day, I I really worried, what happens if I die?
5: That was the only day I allowed myself to really think about it, the first day.
4: And tonight, the city of Newark, New Jersey, has imposed a mandatory curfew on more than 130,000 of its residents. They won't be allowed outside after 9 o'clock on weekdays, unless it's for work or an emergency. And, Nora, that curfew will stay in effect until December 1st. Nora.
2: Really interesting, Janet and Thank you. Today, President-elect Biden discussed plans for his presidency with the leaders of four of America's closest allies. Mr. Biden says he's moving forward with his transition plans, despite President Trump's refusal to cooperate. CBS's Ed O'Keefe reports tonight from Wilmington, Delaware.
6: President-elect Joe Biden today briefing reporters three days after he declared victory, but forced to address the fact that President Trump refuses to concede.
3: Well, um, I just think it's an embarrassment, um, quite frankly. Uh, The only thing that, uh, how can I say this uh, tactfully? I I think it will not help the president's legacy.
6: Mr. Biden spoke out as the Trump administration continues to block the president-elect's transition team from accessing federal agencies and funding needed to conduct the traditional transfer of power. And as many of the president's congressional allies refused to dispute, Mr. Trump's baseless claims of widespread voter fraud. The
3: whole Republican Party has been put in a position with a few notable exceptions of uh, um, being... um,
6: mildly intimidated by the sitting president. Mr. Biden is getting support from several world leaders, the heads of Germany, France, Ireland, and the United Kingdom all making congratulatory phone calls today. Once he takes office, the president-elect says he wants to re-enter the Iran nuclear deal and the Paris climate agreement, both of which President Trump famously withdrew from. In a normal transition, Mr. Biden already would be receiving classified briefings from top intelligence officials about global concerns. But the Trump administration is so far refusing to let them do so. Today, the president-elect said he isn't worried.
3: But there's only one president at a time. He's president.
6: In another example of how this transition is going differently, CBS News has learned that the State Department is playing no role in those calls between the president-elect and world leaders. Usually, diplomats would be listening in to protect national security. Nora.
2: Ed O'Keefe, thank you. Tonight, President-elect Biden's margin in Pennsylvania is growing. He's also slightly adding to his lead in Georgia. While in Arizona, President Trump is chipping away at Mr. Biden's lead. Tonight, the electoral vote count stands at 279 to 214, with four states still too close to call. Here's CBS's Ben Tracy.
5: President Trump tonight is still refusing to concede, firing off baseless tweets from behind the walls of the White House, Claiming he'll still win and alleging ballot-counting abuse. Twitter flagging that, noting voter fraud of any kind, is exceedingly rare. Today, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo backing the president's false narrative that he actually won.
1: There will be a smooth transition to a
6: second Trump administration.
5: President Trump has played two rounds of golf, but hasn't spoken publicly since last Thursday.
7: If you count
5: the legal votes, I easily win. And for the fifth day in a row, there are no public events on his official schedule. According to his public schedule, the president hasn't attended an intelligence briefing since October 1st. Mr. Trump's last revealed call with a foreign leader was more than 10 days ago, and he hasn't met with his coronavirus task force in months.
7: try to facilitate a transition that ensures our president-elect is successful.
5: Four years ago today, then-President Obama welcomed President-elect Trump to the White House, but sources say Mr. Trump has no plans to return the favor for Joe Biden. Many Republicans on Capitol Hill aren't acknowledging Biden's win either, as my colleague Nancy Cordes found.
4: Have you spoken to Vice President Biden yet? I have not. Do you believe he won the election? Senator, have you congratulated Vice President Biden yet? No. Why not? The race was closer in 2016, and Republicans congratulated President Trump then.
6: Well, I can tell you that, you know, we still, there's still a lot of uh, challenges out there still, so I think we need to get all the votes.
5: Meanwhile, the Trump campaign's lawsuits are going nowhere. Some White House officials privately admit the effort is mainly to delay the president having to admit defeat. But now in a highly unusual move, Attorney General William Barr is suggesting federal prosecutors quickly investigate any substantial allegations of voting irregularities. But even he doesn't seem convinced, cautioning against fanciful or far-fetched claims.
2: Ben joins us now from the White House. So what's the strategy behind the Republicans' decision to stand by the president?
5: Well, Nora, the president's now received more than 71 million votes, and certainly Republican lawmakers don't want to get on the wrong side of his supporters. But then there's also those two Senate runoff elections in Georgia in January that will decide control of the U.S. Senate, and Republicans desperately need President Trump to energize his base to make sure those folks get back out and vote. Nora.
2: Ben Tracy, thank you. Today, a man was arrested in Staten Island, New York, after allegedly posting extremist threats on social media. 54-year-old Brian Mayorana is accused of threatening to throw pipe bombs at people celebrating Joe Biden's victory and blowing up the FBI building. Mayorana is charged with sending interstate threats. Investigators found a semi-automatic gun and ammunition at his home, and now he is in custody. All right, now to that highly anticipated third Supreme Court challenge to the Affordable Care Act, former President Barack Obama's signature piece of legislation. While Republicans hope the conservative majority will kill it, tonight it appears likely to survive. Here's CBS's Jan Crawford. It's the first
8: challenge to the Affordable Care Act for this newly conservative Supreme Court. Eighteen Republican-led states, joined in part by the Trump administration... Arguing Congress's decision in 2017 to eliminate a key provision in the statute, the requirement that people buy insurance or pay a penalty means the entire law must be struck down. Because we got rid of the individual mandate. But based on their questions, over two hours of arguments, a majority of the justices seem unwilling to go along, indicating they will not set aside a law that reshaped the insurance marketplace provides health care protections for more than 20 million people. Chief Justice John Roberts.
0: I think it's hard for you to argue that Congress um, intended the entire act to fall.
3: Justice
8: Brett Kavanaugh.
3: It does seem uh, fairly clear that the proper remedy would be to sever the mandate provision and leave the rest of the act in place.
8: A majority of Americans support Obamacare. More voters who cast mallets in the election want the justices to keep it as it is than to overturn it. Today, New Justice Amy Coney Barrett gave few clues on how she sees the law. Her questions and comments were focused and highly technical.
6: That would be odd for us to construe the statute as Congress saying, well, we're going to change the statute in a way that's going to render it constitutional or this provision in a way that will render it constitution- unconstitutional.
8: Now, I do have a caveat. It can be very hard to read these justices because they're hearing arguments by telephone because of the coronavirus. But based on these questions today, it seems a majority is clearly poised to leave the bulk of this law in place with a decision as soon as this spring. Nora.
2: Jan Crawford at the court tonight. Thank you, Jan. Today, a scathing Vatican report said top church officials, including late Pope John Paul II, knew for decades that there were allegations of sexual abuse against former Cardinal Theodore McCarrick when he was a rising church leader. But John Paul II apparently believed McCarrick's denials and appointed him Archbishop of Washington, D.C., and then elevated him to Cardinal in 2001. Pope Francis removed McCarrick from the priesthood last year after the church found him guilty of sexually abusing adults and minors for decades. Tonight, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's top infectious disease expert, said vaccines will likely be available for most Americans who want it by April. In our series, Racing to a Cure, CBS's David Martin has a look at what it will take to distribute those first doses.
7: The Pfizer plant in Michigan is now the leading edge of the crash program to inoculate America. Its vaccine, stored in 350 ultra-cold freezers, waiting for FDA approval. D-Day is the first round. Army General Gus Perna in charge of delivering the vaccine has been counting on Pfizer to be the first and the most difficult to distribute because it requires two shots.
3: Second dose has to be targeted to the people that already received the first dose. It's essential to our success.
4: And you'll have the, the needles and syringes.
7: Marion Wicker, one of Perna's deputies, showed 60 Minutes the Pfizer vaccine kit, complete with the card telling you when to come back for your second shot. How many of these are going to get lost?
4: Probably quite a few, which is why we are recommending to all the administrators to tell people to take pictures of it.
7: The Pfizer vaccine has to be stored at minus 94 degrees Fahrenheit. To New Jersey Health Commissioner Judith Persichelli, that means the shots will have to be given in hospitals already swamped by COVID.
8: My biggest fear is that we're dealing with a surge uh, at the same time that we're trying to vaccinate.
7: Healthcare workers are likely to be the first to get shots, and General Perna estimates that alone could take three months. David Martin, CBS News, Washington.
2: Well, there is still much more news ahead on tonight's CBS Evening News. A new record for storms in the Atlantic and where the U.S. could soon be hit again. And a tradition unlike any other John Rahm's trick shot makes a splash at the Masters. Tonight, Tropical Storm Ada is lingering off southwest Florida. After swamping the region with about two feet of rain, Ada is expected to head north slowly, possibly making landfall on the Gulf Coast this weekend. And now the record 29th named storm of the season has formed in the Atlantic. Tropical Storm Theta currently poses no threat to land. All right. Most golfers will do anything to avoid plunking their tee shot into the water. Not tour pro John Rahm. We'll Look at today's practice round for the Masters. Rom intentionally sent his ball skipping across the pond on Augusta's Nationals 16th hole. That's, they do that sometimes. Now, pros have made a game of this for years, but it almost never ends like this. Look at this. Rom's ball bounds under the green, makes that big right-to-left break, and finally, <laughs> yes, finds the bottom of the cup. It's in the hole, the kicker. Today is Rom's 26th birthday. So I guess drinks are on him. We wanted to end tonight with a story of strength, endurance, and a 21-year-old Florida man's heart of iron. Chris Nikich has spent 21 years defying the odds. His
6: first Olympic race.
2: Chris has Down syndrome, but he's never let that slow him down. Every day he vows to be 1% better. A concept he learned from his father, Nick.
6: You wake up every day thinking, how do I get just a little bit better today than I was yesterday?
2: One more push-up, one more lap, one more mile. His motto?
3: Just do it. You just do it. You can't, like... Of
2: doctors. For Chris, it was never about his disability. It was about making the impossible possible. Buy a car, become a homeowner, marry a pretty blonde like his mom, and complete an Ironman. A grueling 140-mile race that includes swimming, biking, and running in one day. This is normal for us. Okay? The Special Olympics paired him with veteran Ironman Dan Grebe. The two are now best buddies.
3: You have to earn it. And it's 140 miles of blood, sweat, and tears.
2: Faster. At mile 80, an inspirational pep talk. You're done with two out of three. You're almost an Ironman. Chris finished the race in 16 hours and 46 minutes. Yeah. Making history as the first Ironman finisher with Down syndrome. You know, his low expectations for him and everyone that followed
0: behind him are now forever gone
3: you need to set big dreams and big goals. It's the only way you're going to figure out what you're really made of.
2: What an inspiration, right? Well, guess this. Chris plans to compete in the World Ironman next year and the Special Olympics in 2022. So go, Chris. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News in honor of Veterans Day, we'll meet a World War II pilot who is still flying. Just a reminder, if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Good night.
0: If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. If you enjoy tuning into the CBS Evening News, there are official t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more available for purchase at ParamountShop.com. These products are perfect for any fan of Evening News, and you can take 20% off with code EVENING20. That's 20% off all CBS Evening News products with code EVENING20 at ParamountShop.com.